Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Well, I am really excited for our next guest here. Scott Eden of ESPN spent multiple years with his team working and researching Tim Donahue and the the trail of of lies and deceits and game fixing that followed him in the NBA uh, a decade ago. The piece dropped yesterday at ESPN.com, and we spent a long time discussing it on our show. And Scott Eden joins us now. Scott, I'm sure you, you've been – it's been a whirlwind the last couple of days. How are you, man? I'm, I'm doing good. <laughs> uh, it looks like – this is an incredible piece. reads like a novel. Donahue and David Stern and the NBA have maintained for years that they didn't fix the game. It seems like you've disproven that pretty uh, pretty heavily in this piece. Yes, we've we've made the case, strong case, we think that uh, he indeed fixed the games. You know, yeah, it took uh, took a long time. Um, the genesis of the story goes back to 2017 on the, kind of the 10th year anniversary. That was the kind of the genesis of the story to go back and relook at this, you know, this kind of controversial, obviously sports story that happened, and go back and re- reinvestigate it kind of from all angles because we felt like the full story hadn't yet been told. When did Donis he start fixing games, and how long did this go on? Yeah, I mean, uh, he started betting on his own games in 2003. So this is like that's four years, four full seasons before, you know, the, the whole thing blew up and it became public, and you know, after the FBI began investigating it. So I mean, he he kind of he describes it in his own memoir, and and, and according to court documents, also the FBI found the same thing, that he began betting on his on his own games with a kind of golfing buddy of his uh, from from his his kind of uh, where he lived at the time in the Philadelphia suburbs uh, you know starting in the spring of t- 2003 and that that circle that you talk about a lot in your your piece that circle in Philadelphia that that churns out NBA referees at an exceptional rate but he was able to use that circle and even his high school um, to kind of facilitate this this is how this all began out on the golf course one day they're talking and then this this kind of master plan, uh, villainous master plan kind of comes to fruition, doesn't it? Well, I don't know if it started out as a villainous master plan, but it started out as, you know, yeah, he comes from this kind of culture, this kind of cradle of referees, his own family. His father was, you know, high-level NCAA referee, and his uncle um, refereed in, in the NBA. So he has, you know, he comes from this long line, and he comes from a cradle of, you know, there's just a lot of referees from Philadelphia, from his own high school. And then, but there's there's also a culture of recreational gambling, and those two eventually intersected in his own life. And like I said, yeah, he kind of um, began recreationally betting on on all kinds of sports with with this kind of buddy of his, 
uh, golfing pal, and then eventually they decided to bet on, you know, his own NBA games. And then it, that that's sort of the we, what we wanted to do was kind of trace also the origins of this all, and and that's what we found. Well, you traced it really well. Talking to Scott Eden of ESPN, how quickly did this evolve from that? Um, kind of insular scheme of his with one buddy to this worldwide kind of syndicate that everybody was running um, involved right. with betting on Donahue's games. Yeah, I mean, it took years. Um, but I, I think pretty quickly um, a group of guys deduced it because he was betting with a guy, his golfing buddy, who had a bookie who was linked in to this kind of, you know, almost a global kind of underground uh, betting market, betting kind of betting network, betting industry. And they saw that kind of, that the, the, this guy's golfing buddy and it was, was sort of betting on these games. Uh, and he was losing in most of almost everything else, except for this one specific bet. And they were bets on games that Tim Donahue was refereeing. So a group of, uh, of gamblers deduced that something was going on. They saw a pattern. And they, they, they began betting on those games. And they, their, their suspicion was that he was fixing the games. Because on every other bet, they, they, they mostly lost, except for the games that Donnie himself was refereeing. And that, that began much, also in 2003, 2004. How much money was eventually involved in this? Is it, it sounds like it was hundreds of millions of dollars worldwide bet on these games. I mean, it's really hard to, to know, but... Um, there have been hints and suggestions over the years um, that that yes, potentially hundreds of millions of dollars bet. You know, an FBI agent that I spoke to was a key source. You know, his you know understanding was that yeah, hundreds of millions of dollars potentially were being were be, was being won. You know, uh, being done in these games over the span of the, of these years. I mean, this this story yeah. is absolutely incredible. It's it's incredible. And, and you mentioned the FBI source there, Scott. The Gambino crime family is somehow involved here because it, that correct me if I'm wrong. That FBI source was investigating the Gambino crime family, and that's how he came across this. Right. So the FBI had a um, you know they have uh, crime squads that focus on each of the five families, the kind of famous you know mafia families of New York City. They were on the they were they were specifically investigating ongoing over here is the Gambino family. And they had a tipster from within that kind of world who in, like, in October of 2006, you know, gave them a tip that uh, there was a referee potentially corrupted that, and people were betting on this referee's games. There was no name attached yet. It was just there's a referee in the NBA. Lots of money is being bet on this guy's games, and they're, and they're winning. So from, they took that tip and, and, and went with it, and that was like the origin of the FBI investigation. So three years after the Donahue began betting on his own games, the FBI got wind of it. How do these people think that they were actually going to get away with this? Because they seem to be flaunting, um, at least at the end of this, when, when the money really started rolling in, that it, it seemed like they kind of believed that nobody was ever going to catch them. Right. Well, at, at first, you know, the guys betting on it, it was just they saw a, bet, a pattern of wins, right? They, they didn't put in a fix with Donahue. It was just Donahue betting with his golfing pal, right? And they, they saw a pattern and were betting on it. So they didn't know that he was fixing the games. And they were not, they didn't have any contact with Donahue at all. Only when one member of that group 
decided to do a face-to-face deal with Donahue in, in December of 2006, the 2006-2007 season, did it kind of enter the realm of, oh, the, a gambler now is sort of doing something criminal. And that was a, this face-to-face deal that one of the guys, Jimmy Batista, who eventually, you know, pled guilty to also to, you know, illegal gambling in this scheme, you know, he did this face-to-face deal where he went to Donahue, he said, you know, you, I will give you $2,000 per game. You give me a pick, and we'll take that pick, and I'll bet on it. Um, but I'll give you $2,000 if that pick wins. And so that's sort of when it went really crazy. That's when <laughs> bet sizes started to really explode at that point. That moment right there, Scott, uh, it reads like it's so key, and there's still some, uh, not disagreement maybe is the wrong word, but a little uh, lack of clarity from Donahue and the people around it, whether that he was forced into this, threatened by this syndicate, or he went willingly along. Which one of those um, really was it? Uh, that's, what, that's Donahue's claim, that he was threatened and forced. The two other um, you know, the, the co-conspirators who were eventually pled guilty to the, in the same scheme say that he did not threaten him. They, they did. They did not threaten him. So, I mean, it's kind of he said, she said, but it's two. Out of, it's two against one. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, it's, yeah. it's it's a lot. It's it's yeah. It's it's many against one in, in this scenarios. Are you surprised how many people went on the record for you in this? It's almost everybody is named sources here. I think there's a few uh, unattributed sources. Are you surprised about how many people were willing to talk about this? I mean, it's ten years later, and I, I, you, know, you can never you can never predict. You want to get everyone on the record, um, if possible. Um, but you know, I, I can never predict who was going to say yes and no to be on the record. To be honest, <laughs> I try to get I try to convince everyone to go on the record. Every and I try to convince everyone to talk to me. Um, so so yeah, I don't know. I've, I've, done, I've done stories like this before, and you, know, you can never really predict who's who's going to say yes and no to, to that sort of uh, that sort of demand. Sure. I guess the reason that I asked that is you know this is. This is a shady underbelly of our, you know, our gambling world that's now proliferating with the Supreme Court court ruling a couple of weeks ago. I think that's you talk about that at the top of the article. This is one of the reasons why that your team felt it was very important to do this story. Right. Did you ever were you ever uncomfortable investigating this with some of the people that you're talking to? Let's be honest. It sounds no. like a lot of those are still connected, <laughs> still connected people. No, I, I wasn't actually. To be honest, no. I mean, and, and none of the people that were. The professional gamblers involved, yes, they um, they're betting illegally, and they are using, you know, black market street bookies or offshore sort of quasi legal illegal, you know, these these offshore betting books based in the Caribbean or in Asia. Um, but they're not mobsters, you know, they're not like made guys. Now, the betting um, patterns that people picked up on eventually did um, get picked up on by Gambino, um, also you know, bookies and gamblers. So, I mean, there, there's an intersection between actual mobsters and, and the, un, the, the gambling underworld, but I, I never felt threatened. No, that's no. Is the NBA still denying this? And by the way, we're talking to Scott Eden of ESPN who wrote that incredible piece with his team. Um, yesterday it dropped at ESPN.com on Tim Donahue. Uh, fixing games, and he sourced everything here. And uh, the NBA has denied this for years, Scott. Uh, Donahue's denied this for years. Is the NBA still denying that Donahue fixed games? Is Donahue still denying this after this wrote? Definitely, yeah, they certainly are. Um, and the, the it's odd bedfellows, right? The NBA is in a strange position of having to kind of, you know, 
be on the same side as Donahue in this. I mean, but it's not, that's not uncommon. Um, when sports leagues, you know, have in front of them the possibility of the taint of the fix, they are really, the, the, the instinct is to bury it. I mean, right, because your whole, I mean, the integrity of the game is that it's, it's existential, right? If, if, if it can be shown that a game can be fixed, I mean, the conspiracy theories blossom, um, you know, everything is called into question. That, I mean, that is why the, the professional sports leagues are so, so very sensitive to this issue. I mean, uh, there's a guy named Declan Hill, who's a you know, great scholar and a journalist uh, who's researched match fixing all around the world. And he makes the analogy that, you know, it's, it's like a, a sausage maker, you know, who, who realizes that some of the meat in their sausage is tainted. Um, they wouldn't. They don't want that to happen to begin with. But once it does happen, the instinct is to cover it up, <laughs> right? So it's the same with sports leagues. They, they uh, Go ahead, Scott. I, there's a little bit of delay here, by the way, because I'm on location. So sorry about this through the enemy. No I guess worries. the 100 million dollar question uh, at the end of this, heck, maybe 100 billion by the time it's over with, is: Is this going to be an issue not just for the NBA but professional sports going forward now? that sports gambling is going to be legalized across the country piecemeal, but it's, it's coming. Oh, it's coming. Yeah. I mean, I mean, on the one hand, um, legalizing sports betting is a good thing because it's going to, it will, you know, the, 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 the sunlight will, you know, will, will the transparency should help suss out, you know, potential funny business. Right. But on the other hand, people need to understand that the betting markets, when, with legalization are going to explode. The amount of money that's going to be bet is going to increase exponentially. And I think people need to also understand that betting markets are like financial markets. They're very sophisticated now. They're, um, they're linked to a global network of, of, of betting markets in, the, in Europe, in Asia, and the, the U.S. will eventually be linked to them. So the amount of money being wagered is huge. So transparency is okay. I mean, that's good. But the incentive to fix only rises with the with the and the amount of money that is you know going to be bet on games once once legalization happens. Scott Eden of ES uh, Scott Eden of ESPN incredible piece titled "How Former Ref Tim Donahue Conspired to Fix NBA Games." Scott, uh, it really was one of the more incredible pieces that really I've ever read. Uh, excellent job, and um, we'll see what happens here going forward. Really appreciate the time tonight. Thank you, guys. Appreciate the kind words. All right, you bet. Uh, go read this piece if you haven't. I promise it'll be worth it. It's a long read. Reads like a novella. It's worth it. Read it before bed. Read it when you're waking up with your coffee. Uh, we tweeted it out. You can find it on ESPN on the NBA page. And very front and center, fixing professional sports games in our country. It's something that most people think, oh, that doesn't happen. Well, it happened. And it happened a decade ago, not too long ago. We'll take a break. After this on the last lap. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. 
Price and coverage match limited by state law.